So this is this is new for me. Um, I'm a little nervous, but um, you know I, I'm really happy that that you are all here, that we're all here together, and um, I'm grateful for this opportunity. It's uh, truly a privilege to be able to share with you. And um, again, you know, this is not something that I ever saw myself doing. It actually never, it was never on my list. It was never something that I wanted to do, but here I am. So um, I just, thanks. Um, again, I'm a little nervous, but God is good. So he's going to help me and he's going to see me through. Amen. As many, um, as you guys know, I tend to get sweaty very easily and very fast. So I brought my care package. I have napkins and water. And so if I'm wiping and glistening, don't mind me. Be nice. <laughs> um, and uh, I've also brought my, my husband for, for comfort. He is pretty awesome. and um, Moral support. Moral support, yes. He, he'll chime in here and there, but hopefully not too much because he tends to take over conversations. Not too much. So. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but um, I'm excited. And so originally the plan for this session was to do a Q&A, which would facilitate the whole process for me. Um, but I really felt like God wanted me to do something else and something different. And I didn't want to, to do it at first. But um, I thought, okay, you're tugging at me. I'll be obedient. I'll step out in faith. And so here we go. Um, you know, these lifestyle sessions, they, they've been a blessing, and, and we've learned so much from them. And um, I, I love how we've been seeing that the underlying theme seems to be communication. And um, really, that's, that's what it's all about, you know, to have a relationship with anybody, you, you need communication, right? You can't have a relationship without connection, without communication. And so with our Father, it's, it's exactly the same way. Um, and so today's lifestyle session is it's sons and daughters. And it's a, it's a subject that's very dear to my heart. Um, and because of my journey and my walk with him, and so... That's what I'm, I'm here to do today. I want to share with you my testimony, my, my walk, my story, and I hope that, you know, you are blessed by it and can receive something from it. Amen. Yeah. So uh, let's just go, in, go ahead and pray. Um, thank you, Lord, for this uh, just opportunity, Lord, to share of your goodness, to boast on you, Lord, and, uh, everything that you've done. And everything that you do for us on a daily basis, God, just like a, a good father does, Lord. He's there, you're there for everything, for every highlight of our lives and every low moment, God. You're there, Lord, and you're with us. And God, you know, through every struggle, through every, the, the whole journey, God, the, the whole adventure of life, you are there with us, God, and you fulfill every need. You're more than enough, God. And I just pray, Father God, that just like this boasting on you today, God, that it, it changed mindsets, perspectives, God, and uh, that it provide that thing, that fatherhood that, that sometimes we need, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So I want us to go to um, Psalm 27, 10. We'll start with a verse right away. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be mixing it up. I'll, I'll read the verses. Yeah, yeah. he's going to read for me. Okay, and so it says, Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. 
So this, uh, this verse obviously has a um, very strong meaning to me. Um, and so not many of you know my story. I don't think so. But um, to give you a little bit of a background, I, I was born in Honduras. I lived there up until I was around seven years old. Um, my story, you know, growing up didn't look like, like most kids, most children. Um, I was given over to the arms of my grandparents when I was two, either two or six months. So we'll just say anywhere between that time. My, my dad had, uh, was in a relationship, you know, um, I don't think it was very serious, very stable. And so um, it ended and I, my biological mom, she, I don't know the reason why, but you know, for, for whatever reason, she felt the need to, to give me over to my grandparents. And so they were the ones who, who kind of took on that role in my life and, and who were responsible, took on the responsibility of caring for me, you know, of caring for this, this child. My dad, he, he was always in the picture. He lived with us. But um, he wasn't very involved, you know. I growing up, I knew that he was my dad, and and I love my dad. I, I loved him then, and I love him now. But um, I never saw him as a father, you know. I never saw him as as a dad, you know. I maybe just by the name, but it, it wasn't that relationship. So um, around the time when I was one year old, my grandfather had been he had been very sick, and so. Um, he actually, he, he ended up passing away. Um, so my mom and I, you know, were, were together. I was obviously very young. I don't remember any of that, but from what she shared with me, it was a very difficult time in her life. Um, you know, she found herself uh, going through this process alone in a way. Her Five of her six kids were here in the States. Um, my dad was the only one there, but he wasn't home much. And so from what she's told me, having me brought a lot of comfort to her, you know, and it really helped her. And so, as for me, you know, I, I was this baby. There, I, I needed love, I needed care, I needed affection, and I needed someone to be there. And so, what, I, what I've always seen is that, you know, the way I see it is that the Lord, he, he saw these two lives that were in need, and he took that and he made something beautiful out of, the, out of it. He gave us beauty for ashes. He, um, you know, by default, I think my story could have been very sad, you know. Um, by default, I could have been very much an orphan, but I feel like that was never in his heart. And so there's a verse actually in Jeremiah 1.5. Um, do you want to read it? Yeah. Which we'll read. But. All right, so it's Jeremiah 1.5, and it says, uh, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. Um, that verse, um, I love it because I feel like, in my life at least, I, I know that before I was even born, before I, I, you know, my essence, anything, he had already a plan for me. So an orphan was never in the picture for my life, you know? It could have been, but it was never in his heart. So I... I really love that verse, and um, I'm so grateful for my mother. She's here with us today. I thought I would bring her since, you know. Right. <laughs> um, 
but I, I'm so grateful for her life. I thank the Lord for the mother that he provided for me. She has been mother to me in every way, in every shape, and, and every form. Um, you know, we have been companions through, through the years, and um, she has been mother to me. You know, a mother is, isn't somebody who, who only gives birth. A mother cares for, you know, a mother nurtures, she holds, she teaches, instructs, and guides, and all of that my, my mother has always done for me. So in my eyes, my grandmother, she has always been just mother to me. I, I don't see her as a grandmother. I've always just seen her as my mom. That's what she's been to me. Amen. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, we, we could never thank our mothers enough, right, for all that they've done. And so I could never thank mine enough. But the thing that I am most grateful to her about is the fact that, you know, she was the one to lead me to, to my father. She was the one who led me to Christ, to Jesus. Um, she, she really cultivated in me um, that love for him. And um, she, she instructed me in his ways. You know, there's, there's a verse and Proverbs something. Um, but it, it talks about how, you know, when you, that you'll instruct a child in, in his way so that when that child is grown, they, they won't uh, depart. And so she really did that for me. You know, I think that it's one thing to, to, take, to take your child to church, you know, and um, tell them about God. And it's another thing completely to really live that out with them and teach them how to build their own relationship and have their own connection with their father. Amen. And so she, she did that for me. You know, she really modeled what a relationship with God was like, but more than that, she, she helped me develop my own. And so I remember growing up, um, you know, we would go to bed with the radio on, there was worship in the background and that would be our lullabies, you know, or it would soothe <laughs> us and put us to sleep. Um, if I was playing, chances were she had the radio on, you know, in the room, in the background with worship and, or some sort of message. So he has, God has always been very present in, in our lives and really um, we revolved around him, you know, and so that developed uh, this concept in my mind of what my family looked like. Um, you know, again, I, I was, since I could remember, he's, he's been there. We have always turned to him for anything and everything. And so growing up, what I, what I saw was that, you know, my, the picture in my mind of what my immediate family looked like was God, my mom, and I. And um, he was, I was, I knew you know, I, I was always well aware of his nature. I always knew that he was God. I knew that he had died for our sins. You know, I grew up in church. So all these things I, I was well aware of. Um, but I just saw him as my dad. You know, that's who he was to me. So that relationship, again, it, it was um, very practical in my life. You know, the, the father-daughter concept that we had, him and I. And so... My mom, she never, she always exposed me to, to the spiritual, you know, to the spirit realm. And so, like I said, I, I knew that he was all these things, you know, but I also knew that first in my life, he was my father. Um, I think of it, you know, like when a baby grows up, 
that baby grows up knowing who mom and dad are, you know? They don't necessarily wake up one day when they're two and say like, hey, are you my mom, my dad? I, I see you every day. They just know. Yeah. And so it was the same for me. I just knew it was my normal. It's what I grew up, you know, knowing. Um, I'll share with you some, some examples, you know, just to, you know, share what that looked like for me and how practical it was for me. Um, again, my, my mom, she always redirected me towards him, right? So when I would get my report card from school in Honduras, obviously, if I did well, I went to my mom. I, you know, told her, hey, you know, I did good and expecting some sort of reward or, you know. And I did that with my father also all the time. I would tell him, you know, I, I got an A in math and a B in social studies and I, I did this. And if you're thinking about getting me anything, there's this, you know, Barbie I really, I was really into Barbies. So I, I would always give him, you know, I would see him as my dad. I couldn't see him, but that's who he was for me. When I got a little older, um, I was already in the States, maybe in the sixth or seventh grade. and. I remember it was around the time where everybody started having cell phones, you know? Um, the, the black and white phones were still like dominant. And so the, the color concept was coming around. And so a few of my friends were, were beginning to, to have cell phones. So my birthday was coming up and um, I decided that that's what I wanted for my birthday. So I didn't go to my mom because that's, that's a, an ongoing expense and she didn't have a cell phone herself. I went to my father, and um, I told him that that's what I wanted for my birthday, so I knew that that's what I was getting, right? Because it was my birthday gift. <laughs> um, so as, as the days got a little closer, um, I was talking, I grew up with a lot of cousins around me, and so we were talking, and I was talking about my birthday and, and about what I was gonna get, and I said, I'm, I'm, having a, I'm getting a cell phone for my birthday, and so, this cousin looks at me and says to me, you know, if I can't have a cell phone, what makes you think you can have a cell phone? So at the moment, you know, I, it, I didn't understand, but it bothered me. So once the day ended and, you know, I, I went and I talked to, to my father, um, I remember just kind of sh like telling him, you know, what, what does she mean by that? You know, because what I took it as was, you're saying that you know because you have parents and they've told you you can't have a cell phone, so I, you know, how can I have a cell phone, right? So um, that really, it's funny how some things really stay with you, you know, throughout the years because I've never forgotten that. And um, <laughs> so I, you know, but I, I still knew that that's what I was getting for my birthday. And so you know, maybe like a week, the week of or something. I'm at school, I have a friend. For some reason, he has now two phones. I think he had just gotten a new one, I don't know the story, but it was a color flip phone. So flip phones, you know, they were the newest thing back in the day. <laughs> now they're, you know, like dinosaurs, but there was a time where they were just coming in. So um, he was, you know, just pretty much like, oh yeah, I have this extra phone, do you want it? And then I knew, that it wasn't my friend. I knew that that's what I had asked for, so I was like, yeah, you know, sure. So then I'm, you know, now I have this phone, and I'm like, okay, thank you, you know, I, I know this is, this is happening, but it, it needs to work, right? So I knew that the next step was to activate it. Um, 
it's not something that I went to my mom for. It's not something that I would go to my aunt and uncle with. You know, they, they were the ones who we were living with at the time. Um, I just knew that he would make it happen because he gives us, you know, he complete, right? The gift needs to be complete. Amen. So day of my birthday, um, and this is a whole nother story, but he has always provided for me, um, you know, financially also. So I go into this little place where I had all my personal belongings, and um, he's, again, this is another story, but supernaturally, he's always provided for me. So I go and I pull out, you know, $45 from this place and um, for the activation, and I take out another 40 to put as credit. So then it's my birthday now, day of, and I asked my, my aunt and my uncle if they could just take me to the T-Mobile store. So they do. And I activate my phone on my birthday. So I had the phone that I had asked for on my birthday. And so... Amen. <laughs> I, think, I think we need to share the story about this uh, magical closet that just gave you money all the time. It wasn't magical closet, but okay. Um, so when we came to the States, we, again, lived with my aunt and uncle, and they were already a family of four. It was a two-bedroom house. So, you know, space is a little tight now because now we're six people in this house. And so I was given, at the end of the hallway, there was this closet. And it wasn't a full closet. It's, you know, the one where there's like a top part and then a bottom part. And so I had the bottom part. And that's where I had my clothes, and that's where I had my stuff. And so in this closet. Um, that's, you know, obviously when I, I've always been good about savings. So I would save, you know, whatever my mom would give me here and there or what I got, but it wasn't anything crazy. The crazy part though is that since the moment that I got that closet and had my stuff there to the moment that I left, which is probably like when I was around 20 years old, um, there was always money for me in that closet. And I always, I feel like the Lord would just multiply whatever was, was already in there. But there was never a day, you know, even as a kid, that I didn't have cash, you know. And it wasn't my mom, you know, because she would ask me, like, you know, where are you getting this money from? My aunts all wondered. Uh, I didn't ever, I would tell my mom, I was like, I, I don't know. She would say, like, you know, ¿cuánto tienes ahí? Like, how much do you have? And I was like, mom, like... It's God. I, I don't even want to count it because, you know, I felt like, you know, I'm going to let him do his thing, right? He just it keeps flowing out. So <laughs> I always thought about it as, um, you know, the, the woman with the jar of oil, right? She had very little, but it never ended. Wow. And so, th so that's, um, that's, that's the story with that closet, you know? There was always money there for me, and it would come out in different places. And it definitely wasn't anybody putting it in there. That I know for a fact, other than, than the Lord. Because, yeah. Amen. So that's that story. Um, so, you know, with, with the Lord, I have always seen his hand. And, and just really, I, I've seen his presence um, throughout my life. And he has always been that father to me. He has been present, you know, in every every part of it. You know, every birthday he's been there, every milestone he's been there, every school promotion he's been there for me, and every day he has been there for me, and I truly feel that he's my number one fan. You know, he is 
my father in every way, and I can't physically see him, but that is my relationship with him. And so we, we have, I think most of you have, do you want to say something or you're good? No, I'm, I'm good. Okay. Um, again, you know, I just thought I would bring him up, <laughs> make it a little more comfortable for me. Um, but we have a nephew. We have a few nephews, actually, but um, most of you know Nathan. Um, Nathan is amazing. He, man, I, I love him. Um, but Nate, you know, whenever he gets into something, the whole family seems to get into it. He's really into Star Wars now, and um, for a little while now. And before that, prior to Nate liking Star Wars, I knew nothing about Star Wars, you know? But now that Nathan likes Star Wars, I know the character names. I went to go see the latest film, and we very much like Star Wars now. Um, and Thomas the Train, too. He, there was a time when he was really into trains, and um, we knew all the Thomas the Train names. So with our father, I feel like he's, he's just the same. You know, he likes whatever his children likes like he is into whatever we're into, you know, and he wants to do things with us. Um, a few, last year, right, our first Bethel trip? Was it last yeah, year? Yeah, last year. Okay, uh, so last year, um, we've gone up to, to Reading a, a couple of times, and so the first time that we went up there, we um, were given some word of knowledge. Like prophetic word. Prophetic we, word. Yeah, we had like, a, <laughs> it was like a prophetic word, uh, meeting like you go in there for 10 minutes and uh there's a few people there and they give you prophetic word each person gives you a word yeah so we we had an appointment for that right so everything you know they were giving us this like really good solid word and everything was good like right on and then out of a, a sudden or towards the end one of the girls um looks at me and she says nori um this is kind of weird but do you like online shopping and then I looked at her, right, because it was kind of odd. So I said, um, Yes, she does. Online yeah, shopping, yeah. I, I was like, yeah. And she's like, I know it's weird, but I'm just getting online shopping. And I feel like God is saying that, you know, he wants to go online shopping with you. And to me, it was so funny because, you know, I, I do like online shopping. Sometimes, for the most part, it's window shopping online, you know. I <laughs> fall asleep before I check out. But... Um, it's, it, it's that same concept, you know? I feel like, okay, so you wanna go online shopping with me. You know, I'm sorry if I haven't been spending too much time with you, but yeah, let's go shopping, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, let's go. Um, and so it's the same, you know, with us and Nate. So I feel like that's just, he's such an awesome dad. He is, he's everything, you know? He's, he's that real super proud dad, always cheering us on. Amen. Um, so because of this, this uh, relationship that him and I have, I have always been very secure in who I am um, in him, you know, what my relationship with him is like. And so um, I'm very confident in my identity. You know, I'm his daughter and he's my dad and that's, that's what it is. Um, and so there's, you know, this, this is just something that's my personal opinion and, and what I feel. But uh, for that reason, you know, I, because I feel very much his child and very legitimate, um, there's certain songs that we sing and um, I don't really identify with them. You know, I, 
I don't really feel right when I sing them. Um, you know, when they, it talks about, uh, you know, when I was a sinner or saved by grace and I was a wretch and, and these things are true. You know, I know that they're true and they're, they're real and, and I, I realize that he died on the cross in order for me to become his daughter, you know. But because I feel like he did that long before I, you know, was born, he, he settled that whole thing long before, I was never born into that. I was born just into the new thing, you know, and so... Amen. For me, growing up, it's just I, I grew up in a Christian home. I knew about him. I learned to see him as my father very on, early on. So I just don't really identify, you know. And um, actually, there's this one song that I truly love. And we sang it today. And I was really happy, uh, No Longer Slaves, because it talks about, you know, his blood flowing through our veins. Amen. And uh, that's really how I feel, you know, I feel like I'm just legitimately his daughter and he's my father and, you know, we're just family. Because of that, you know, I, I feel like I, I have access to him at any time, you know, I can always, we all have access to our father at any time. And so he will always be there, we have access not only to him, but to everything that he house, has, to everything that's in his house to everything that's in his storehouse, you know? Amen. We can access all of it because it's there for us. You know, we have that inheritance. And so I feel like I can come in and open the fridge and I can put my feet up and grab the cookies and the milk, you know, at his house because it's my house too. Um, sometimes when I, you know, turn my focus in on it and I just, you know, I'm meditating and I'm just thinking about like, man, he's so good and, and you know, how he, our relationship, I can feel the crown on my head, I can feel the robe on my back and the ring that's on my finger, you know, because I'm, I'm the daughter of a king and so that makes me royalty. Um, so it's, it's really beautiful and um, it's what it's been for me. So. When I came to, to the States, I was around seven, going on eight. Yeah, seven years old, going on eight. Um, and like I said, we came, we uh, started to, to live with my aunt and uncle. They opened their home to us, and, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, at that time, that's when I started to experience a different side, you know, um, to things. And so, all of a sudden, I wasn't home anymore, you know? When I was in Honduras, I, I was at my house, my mom's house, you know, I was home, and I knew who my mom was, and my dad, and my father, and you know, it was this whole thing. But when I came here, all of a sudden, I, you know, I was, uh, I felt a little bit like the outsider coming in, right? I was, um, I started to develop these feelings of uh, adopted, adoptedness, and it's not something that I had ever dealt with before. Um, and it came from, from just living with another family, you know, it came from, from seeing this dynamic and, and this whole family structure and we were like guests, you know. Um, so I wasn't ever truly fully comfortable, you know, I, I lived there for several years and I can't really say that I was 100% comfortable, you know. Um, I started to feel like, you know, I, I didn't really belong at times, 
like I, my voice wasn't, you know, there was some things that I just couldn't voice, you know, because it wasn't my place, at least that's how I felt. Um, I started to feel like, you know, I, I couldn't ask freely, you know, because they weren't my parents. Um, so all these feelings started to, to develop inside of me and um, the one that maybe kind of uh, just hit me the most was I felt like I had to earn my stay, you know, and um, at least work for it. And so because I couldn't work, I, I was a kid and um, I felt I took on, you know, just uh, the chores, right? I made sure that I did a lot of the chores and it's good to have, you know, make, do chores as a kid. But I really felt like, you know, even if my cousins didn't do certain things, I had to do them because it was my way of compensating for my stay. Um, so I felt like my access, you know, I, I had limited access to things. And so on one hand, I was very secure in, you know, my relationship with my father and, and my mother. But on the other, I was also living like an adopted child, you know. And um, as I was meditating on this for, for this um, message or class, not class, really a session, I, I'm just sharing my testimony. But um, I felt like God was, you know, just um, telling me how sometimes that applies to his children. Sometimes, you know, um, th those feelings of not fully belonging apply to his people. And, um, you know, sometimes even as, as children of God, right, we, we deal with these things, you know, we have the adoptive child mentality, you know, and we feel like, again, we, we've been sinners saved by grace, uh, we don't maybe feel fully comfortable, you know, coming to him for certain things or, you know, we think like, okay, yeah, like God is good and I can ask, but oh, no, you know. Um, we feel unworthy at times, you know, because of our sins and our mistakes and, and the things that we've done. Um, and we feel like being in is, is enough sometimes, you know. I feel like we... Um, tend to settle for for just what's enough, you know, for forgiveness, for salvation, the basics, right? Food and shelter. Yeah. And so sometimes these these things happen because again of our history of where we came or maybe our sin. But um, that mentality is what holds us back from from really experiencing his fatherhood, you know, because he is God, he, he is good, and he's savior, he's king, he's all these things, right? But he constantly reminds us that he's our father and that we're his children, and I think that that's what he wants us to embrace the most, you know? Because if we, if we see him as God and um, savior and king, and those things are good, and he is all those things, and, and we do need to see him as such. But um, then our relationship with him maybe isn't that of a child, you know? It's more of a, you know, someone you esteem very highly and, and you worship him and you give him the highest honor and praise and we should do these things. But he's more than that in our lives, you know? He's, he signed the papers so that we could be his children. 
He um, did everything. He went to the cross, you know, to to finalize that whole process. And so I think that he really wants us to live out our sonship and let him be that father to us. And it transcends the spiritual, you know. It's He's our, our father in the spirit too, yes. But I feel like there's another side of it that can be very practical and very real in our lives. And so I feel like that's, that's his heart for us and that's what he wants. He has made everything that he has available to us, you know. Um, we have access to everything that's his. So we can go in, grab anything that we want and eat from it. We can grab our miracle. We can take whatever it is that we're in need of. And we can do that in, in the spiritual. We can do it in the physical and in the material. If there is something that we want, we can ask for it. He'll give it to us. We just have to be confident and, and know that, you know, he's our father and our dad is good. And, you know, if, if there's a verse somewhere in the Bible, but it says, you know, if you being wicked know how to give your children good gifts, you know, how much not more him, right? And so yeah. it's that. It's um, just realizing that, that he's father and truly embracing that um, and living out in it. It's, it's all about perspective, you know? Even if we do feel like he adopted us, you know, and took us in, he sees no difference. He sees no difference between, you know, the, the child that feels very entitled or the child that, you know, feels like they were adopted and brought in, you know? The adopted child has the same rights and is entitled to the same inheritance as the legitimate child or, um, and so in his eyes, there is no separation. I think the separation is created in us, you know? So, do you want to say something? Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in a little bit. Jesus signs the papers, how good is that? That's awesome, right? I think that, that what happens sometimes is that it's like what happened, and I'm sure all of you guys know the, uh, the story of the uh, prodigal son, but I think what happens sometimes is that we get the perspective or the, the, the way that the prodigal son was thinking when he was coming back, and he was saying in his head like, uh, you know, I, I, can be, I can be a servant in my father's house. Like, you know, I can, I can go back and I can just be a servant in my father's house or a slave in my father's house. And I think that sometimes, like, we, we, we have that mentality when we come back to our father's house because of the things that we've done in the past or the regret or, you know, whatever it is. And we think that all we can get or all our father has for us is like slavery or servanthood, you know? And, and we come with that mentality into the house and we feel like we're adopted. We feel like, like she was saying, like we have to work for our stay, you know? Like we have to put in work so that, that uh, we can, you know, stay there and we can have salvation, we can have provision, but we, we can never, like we never feel like we could go to the fridge and grab what we want from the fridge and put our feet on, on the uh, on the coffee table and you know watch whatever we want you know amen it's all about perspective it starts with us you know we are the ones to limit our own axes 
You know, we are the ones who maybe draw the line between where he can be father and where he can't. And so it's, it start, the change starts with us. You know, it takes more than, than saying that we are a son of God. It takes more than reading it. It takes more than hearing it or singing it. It's something that you truly have to believe. You know, you have to believe it with all your heart. You, you really just have to, it's it. natural. Yeah, yeah, you just live it out. Um, because we were, you know, maybe at one point we were on the outside, right? We were lost in the world and in sin and, you know, at one point, but that has been dealt away with. And so we are a new creation now, and we need to forget, just like he has um, forgotten our past and our history, right? Our past history, and like that Amanda Cook song says, like he rewrote our history. Um, I think that we just have to be aware that we were born into a new thing. And in that new thing, there is no room for the old because that, that old mentality and that baggage from the past develops these feelings of unworthiness in us, you know? And um, it's what holds us back. And so, yeah. yeah. And I think, um, you know, sometimes we say like, you know, we're, we're sinners saved by grace. And the thing is like, yeah, that, that, that was true, right? We were sinners saved by grace but we're not sinners saved by grace anymore, right? But sometimes, you know, we walk through life thinking that we're just sinners saved by grace. You know what I mean? That, like, today, God, like, you, you know, it's just thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your grace, because, you know, I'm just alive. But, you know, it's your father doesn't want you to just be alive. He doesn't just like, hey, I want you to breathe today. You know, yeah, I want to wait. Yeah, Lord, thank you for that. I'm awake. You know, sometimes you talk to people and, and you're like, well, you know, I woke up this morning and I was breathing. So that's good enough. You know, and it's like, no, <laughs> no, you're 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 meant to reign in life. You know what I mean? At sons and daughters of God, we're meant to reign in life, not just breathe, you know, not just breathe. But breathing doesn't make you alive. You know what I'm saying? Like breathing isn't like doesn't mean that you're alive. You know, it's living. Living makes you alive. Amen? So it's just like, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You were. But God took you out of that, and he's made you a son. And he's put a robe on your, on, on your back, put a, finger, uh, put a ring on your finger, and a crown on your head. You know, and so it's like, we got to get into that. It's a perspective thing. Go on, baby. Amen. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it's just about settling, right? He doesn't want us to settle. He otherwise he would have just made you know the ultimate blessing salvation and you know forgiveness but he hasn't he has gone far above and beyond that you know he has given us complete freedom and um, you know he said it over and over in his word that whatever we ask in his name he'll give on to us that you know whatever he has is ours and so he wants us to to live this out he wants us to to move in this and live like this and so let's not settle you know let's not settle we're children that's who we are and let's be aware of that nature you know let's be aware of of that um you know with with a, a good father you know a good father when he 
with any of his children, right? Whether he adopts, whether they are his own, he makes no separation and he makes sure that, you know, all his children feel very much children. You know, that they all feel um, part of the family. He makes sure that, you know, there is no distinction and that they feel that way, right? So a good father won't create a separation between the adopted child and the legitimate child. He won't treat one different than the other. And so we have a good father. You know, he is a good father. And whether you feel like, you know, he took you out and brought you in, you are a child and you are entitled and you have every right. And if you feel like, you know, all you've known is home and, you know, you feel very much his child and that's what you know, then the same axis is what has been given to you, you know? So that is my story. It hasn't always been something that I have been able to open up about. I actually, you know, I, I'm a very private person for, you know, most part. Um, I usually tend to stay on the surface, you know, I, I don't open up very easily. And so this uh, story or my story hasn't always been something that I've shared with too many people. And um, again, not because I was hiding it, but because it wasn't something pleasant, you know, it's not something that was at the top of my list to share. And people don't ask also, you know, I think that sometimes people wonder like, oh, you know, why, why does she always live with her aunt and uncle or like, you know, what's the story? But nobody really asked. And so I was never used to having to share that. I, you know, it was, it was not something that I did. Um, and so not up until very recently did that kind of change for me, you know, and um, it was actually prior to, I had a, a trip to Honduras earlier this year, and it had been a long time. Um, I actually, since I came here, I had never gone back, and so it had been like 18 years or something. So I was feeling, you know, I was uh, internally dealing with these emotions, right? I didn't know what to expect. It was, I was thinking, you know, it'll be somewhat like meeting my family, my, my dad and my siblings for the very first time. Um, but, you know, I, I might have shared some with Carlos, uh, some of that, but not too much. I was processing it all internally, or trying. And it was uh, actually Dini who, um, you know, kind of brought these things up. She's a therapist, and so, um, you know, she, I remember, she, like, kind of popped the first conversation, and it was a series, maybe like about two or three of them. And that first conversation, I was like, you know, like my personal space. Um, I felt like it, it was odd for me. It was very awkward and I felt uncomfortable and I really tried to stay at the surface, you know? Oh yeah, I feel good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, you know? I, I wonder what they'll look like now. I was little when I left, now we're all grown. And, but I wanted to stay very like on the surface. And so she actually dug in deeper and deeper and that conversation ended and I felt kind of like, oh, that was weird. And then, uh, then we had a second conversation and I think like a third and so there she comes. But um, she actually went into where I don't really think anybody had gone before. You know, I had shared my story with Carlos obviously and my mom knows it well, it's our story, but 
other than Dini, I, I don't think anybody had ever kind of questioned and asked those uncomfortable questions, you know, but it helped me so much. It actually um, just help voicing these things out and, um, you know, having somebody to kind of help me like navigate that was very helpful. And um, it's, I feel like it's the reason why now I can share this story. You know, I, I'm not so closed off anymore. Um, or opposed, uh, you know, to, to sharing, I'm more open. And so, you know, I wanna thank her for that because she did that for me, she helped me. And I wanna thank my mom because, you know, mami yo la quiero mucho, she means the world to me. And, um, and my father because he's been father to me all of my life and he continues to be, so that's my story. Amen. And <clears throat> There'll just be one question I, I want to ask you, but you've told us about this awesome relationship that you've had with with God as your father and how he's been through your whole life with you. Um, and it's amazing how you were able to have this awesome relationship with him as a, a father, even though your experience was different. You were experiencing something different. You know what I mean? You, you didn't get to experience the traditional home, but you had like that awesome, like, heavenly home of God being your father, even though, like, your experience, like, was different. Like, you, you felt like you were in, in a sort of, like, adoptive, you know, you were having the adoptive experience at some point or some season in your life. But, like, just having that connection and that relationship with God as your father, that saw you through that season. Um, but can you, can you tell us about, like, like, now, in the place you're at now, like how how does how does your like what has God done for you and 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 what does He keep doing for you and like how how how's He redeemed a lot of that stuff? I wasn't prepared for that question, um, but uh, you know He continues being dad to me. He continues being father. I I've grown up. You know I got married and life goes on, but He continues being my father, you know? And so he is still constantly present in everything that I do, in every part of my life. And um, he has redeemed, he, he's redeemed my whole story really, you know? And um, I mean, I, I can say so much about, you know, the, everything that he's done for me, but a big one, you know, is, is um, my baby, you know? I prayed for this baby, you know, and, and because it's always been a dream of mine to have a family, you know, and maybe it's because I didn't experience that growing up, um, but it has been a dream, you know, to, to be a mother and be what, you know, maybe I didn't have, you know, in a way I, I have my mother, but in the biological sense, you know, just in everything. Um, have the opportunity to to raise my child, you know, or my children and, and be able to love on them and just be that for them, you know, be a mother to them. And so through this baby, I feel like he's also redeeming my story. You know, Carlos and I, we both come from, from broken homes. Um, but this this child, he's he's just like I was born into a new thing with my father, right? And by default, I could have been an orphan, but it was never in his heart. And so this child, you know, 
he's born into a new thing. He, he'll be born into a new thing, you know, not in a broken home. He's not going to come from that. And um, he's redeeming our stories. He's redeeming our families, you know, and um, it's beautiful to see that. And um, yeah. Amen. Also, there's a there's a funny story that that's gone around, right? That um, you had a favorite verse when <laughs> when you were you were small. You used to come to your mom and say say what? what? What did you tell your mom? So my mom told Carlos this story not too long ago, and he keeps bringing it up. So, um, you know, I. My mom, right, we grew up in church, we did church, and all the time, Jesus, always on, and so I knew a lot of Bible growing up, you know, more than I know now, I think, <laughs> but um, she's, she told Carlos how, you know, I, I would go sometimes randomly and, you know, tell her, like, mom, you know, or mommy, yo tengo hambre y sed de justicia, right, like, I thirst and I hunger for righteousness, and I was like, what, five, six? <laughs> Um, and so he, she, she said it a lot funnier, you know, and so he, Carlos just kind of took that story and like he couldn't stop laughing and <laughs> that's what I did. And there's another one too. Um, I actually, when I came here, um, you know, I was constantly playing with my cousins. We would get together every weekend and so I had this one cousin, Daniel, and I like to tell him that the wages of sin were death. <laughs> And um, he would tell me to stop, you know? I would just see him, or you know, if he was bothering me, I would pull that card. And he would tell me like to stop, and he would go and run to his mom, you know? Sometimes, you know, yeah, like, you know, Norma's bothering me, and stop, and he really hated it. But, um, you know, I, it was, uh, so good. it's my father's word. <laughs> Thank you, babe, for sharing that with all of us, I think. I mean, you know, what I was telling her before this was, you know, you're, you're just boasting on what God has done, what your father has done in your life. Like, your, our father has been good, you know, and it's good. And it's something that I've always uh, admired in her life is that she's had that sort of relationship with God. And, and, and just sometimes, you know, I'll just be sitting around and I'll think about, like, everything that God has done, like, not just in my life, but in, in her life. And I'll think, man, God, you're so good, you know, you're so good. If you feel like you got a raw deal, you know, with maybe you didn't, you didn't, you grew up without a father, or maybe you didn't, you grew up with a bad father, because sometimes, you know, that happens. You grew up with, with bad fathers, and it's not that they wanted to be bad fathers, it's just that, it's just the way it worked out, you know? Or maybe, maybe your, your father, your mother left you, um, but I guess our heart is just, um, if that's you, you know, if you feel like there's, there's some, maybe, maybe even bitterness in your heart, and maybe there's some forgiveness that needs to go on, because forgiveness releases blessings, you know? And so if, I want everybody to close their eyes, let's close our eyes, and, and if the Holy Spirit kind of puts something in your heart right now, Maybe you need to forgive someone. Or maybe, you know, there's a parent. Or maybe it's not a parent, you know. Maybe it's a brother. 
Or maybe it's somebody that really, really meant a lot to you in your life. And you feel like, you know what, I was let down. Like I, I had all these expectations growing up. I want, you know, I wanted that, I needed it, and I just didn't get it. And maybe, maybe there's something deep in there that needs to be forgiven. Because the Lord wants to release blessing over your life today. And He wants to release, He wants to heal the broken places. He wants to release goodness. See, sometimes we'll have experiences that they won't feel good. You know, in this life, it's not going to be, you know, 100% good. We're going to go through storms, but He promises that He's going to be there through the storm. And so if you have something in your heart right now, if, if you think that you got a raw deal, that, that you didn't have that father that you needed or wanted, that you didn't have that mother that you needed or wanted, God is saying today, I'll be your father. I'll be your mother. I'll be your big brother. Just give me your heart. Just, just give it over. And he's saying, I, I will never leave you or forsake you. Before you were born, I was with you. I shaped you and I loved you before you even were born. And you're not adopted. There is no limit to what I can do in your life. I have plans to prosper you and not to hurt you. You will prosper and you will live. You will not die. If that's you, if you feel like, you know what, God? I just, I've been carrying this for a long time and I, and I just want to give it over to you. And today, I want to let go of this baggage. And I offer it up to you, God, as, as an offering. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.